What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Fast Track, formerly known as Pave the Way Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Helbeck, and on this show, you are gonna learn exactly how to be successful as a real estate investor. It doesn't matter if you're brand new or if you've done dozens and dozens of deals. This is a podcast you're gonna be able to listen to that's gonna give you actionable, specific advice on how to be successful within real estate investing. I'm gonna interview top-notch real estate investors each and every week, and there's also gonna be some content that is just gonna be me telling you exactly about my journey and how I've went from a broke kid starting out to a million-dollar real estate investor. So if you wanna learn how to be successful investing in real estate, this is the show to listen to, and I'm looking forward to being able to serve you at a high level. All right, Steve, and welcome back to the show. You are a repeat guest, so it's always cool to have people on more than once. And today, the topic, uh, people aren't familiar with you. You know, they can go listen to your previous episode. Just type in Stephen Alfano, uh, Real Estate Investing Fast Track. They'll listen to your first episode. We talked more about your journey, how you got into the business, and what what the, the journey's been like to get from where you were to where you are. Um, today, we're going to focus a lot more on sales and how to how do you convert sellers virtually? How do you convert them in person? This is something you've been phenomenal at for the last five years. I mean, you've been doing this at a high level. Uh, you know, you've worked with some big investors. Now you got your own business and you're doing big things. So, uh, you know, this is something where, you know, I see a lot of new investors. They get in the game, they start getting leads, but they they really have a difficult time having a conversation and truly getting to some sort of an outcome. And they land a lot of pros the prospects land in like this purgatory stage where they don't really know where they're at with these sellers. And um, you know, it leads to people getting frustrated, right? And then they 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 like, oh my God, every seller's not motivated, and they start coming up with these crazy beliefs. So if we want to start at the top level, right, when it comes to sales, what is your process like just from a 30,000 foot view look like when you're dealing with a property owner, whether that's in person or on the phone? Sure. So um, it always starts with marketing. So the phone has to ring or they have to pick up, right? And it's one or the other. So uh, I specifically deal with a lot of inbound now. In the beginning, it was always a lot of outbound. That seems like it's the sort of course for everybody, right? Yeah. So um, inbound takes a lot more money, but you know, with that comes better leads. So process. Once you're on the phone, you need to identify, you know, really who they are and what their problems are. All mm. right. And they need to have a house that they own and they're the decision maker. Right. Yeah. And you need to figure out. So there's all sorts of different things that go into it. But at first it's who are you? How can I help you? And like, what really are you looking to be solved? And from there, you're able to craft what you're going to do to make sure that you can buy that property at a discount. Now, you know, how do you do that? That's a process, right? So I'm sure that's a different question, yeah. but, uh, but that's, you know, really what it is, is uh, get them on the phone, take them through the sales process. And that's your way of being able to close every closable deal, right? Like. Because there's, uh, what is it that Chris Voss says on one of your former podcasts? Um, it's not a sin to not get the deal. It's a sin to take too long to not get the deal. Oh, man, that's so freaking true. And it, that is where new investors get smoked is they don't have enough experience or they're not aligned with someone like you or me who has that experience. To know, as Todd Toback, one of my coaches says, is it a pretender or a contender, right? Because a yes. lot of people, 
they think every lead they get, they're going to buy their house for some reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when you take them through that sales process, you will get to an outcome. It's not guaranteed to be a deal, but you're guaranteed to get to an outcome. And, and every time I'm talking with Brett who works you know, with us and he's great on the phone and great in person, it's like, we just want to get to a decision and see if we can help them. And I think a lot of people, they get so money focused. They're so focused on the wholesale fee or the profit or the equity, whatever. They forget about the only way you're going to make the money on that property is if you solve a problem and add value to somebody. And, you know, they forget about that. And they're just like, how do I close them? And I'm like, dude, you, you got to actually not to Brett. I'm just in general. How do you, you have to be able to ask the right questions to really find out if they have a problem. And then you got to figure out, are they in a situation where if they had a solution to their problem, can they make a decision, right? This is where people get smoked is they'll get a motivated lead. And then that person might not be able to make a decision on the spot. Therefore, they're going to have to get treated differently than somebody who is able and ready to make a decision. And then you, we were just talking about something like this earlier. You had a deal. Actually, let's just get in. So you had, you remember um, before we, we hit record, you told me about a, a property you did where it took like 58 minutes to get from, hi, my name is Steven to, okay, we're looking forward to working with you. Thanks for signing the document. So like, how did that whole thing, you know, uh, go down? Because that's a great case study. We'll just get right into it. Yeah, sure. So I break it down into three different things, process, mindset, and repetition. And with all the right things that you're going to be getting deals. So here's what happens. Um, you know, I guess it starts with mindset. It's seven something 30 PM on a Friday night. And guess where I am sitting right here, calling people, texting people, looking for deals. And I get an inbound call from uh, Google PPC. Okay. So I answer it. And what comes next? Take them through the process. I answer the phone the exact way every single time. The things that I say are the exact same thing every single time. And although, you know, I've had this conversation 10,000 plus times, your mindset has to be, this is the most important phone call that the person on the other end of the line is probably having in the past decade of their life, if I'm able to make it that. That's a nugget. I hope people timestamp that and re-listen to what he just said, because if you just do that, you'll have a lot better results. It is very hard to do because it's emotionally draining because yes. you have to be emotionally invested in these people to take action. And so, you know, I have been doing this for a long time. I still keep a script in front of me and I still go through it because, you know, these questions are uncomfortable for me to ask. I don't like doing it. But I know that you have to do it if you want to button up your deals or get them at the price that you really want it at. 100%. Right. So, so why was the lady selling the house? So let's get into it. So you, you introduced yourself. She introduced herself. Obviously, she has a house for sale. Now, what was the like, why was she on the phone with you? Why'd she call you? Why'd she decide to give you a call today? She has been working and is getting ready to retire. She goes, I retire uh, the second week of January and I want this house sold the second week of January. And I'm looking for somebody to do that for me. <laughs> and I, so immediately you start asking more questions. What have you been doing this whole time? Like, it, because a lot of these things, you just get people talking, they'll tell you the things that you need to know. And it's like, oh, you're retiring? May I ask what you've been doing while you've been owning this house? 
that can tell you like, oh, I've been working at Subway nine like uh, uh, opening shift for the past thirty years. They probably don't have a brand new kitchen, right? Yeah. So you know, there's all these sorts of things that you can do to ask to really find out the truth beyond the surface le- layer answers that they're going to give you initially. Yeah. Also, you never make a mistake if you don't talk. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> so say less. Whatever you think you're going to say, take a break and just see if they keep talking. Because they, they usually will if they're motivated. And the the trick there is to keep them, you know, in line with the conversation that we want to have. I don't need to hear about, you know, some crazy thing she did back in the 80s, right? Unless it directly is relatable to the disrepair of the property, uh, the disrepair of her finances, health, or any other thing that I can use to uh, uh, form my offer around solving. So that's why she's selling. She's retiring. Long answer. So she's been working for a while. She's retiring. I'm assuming, and I could be wrong here, she's probably looking to relocate somewhere that's not where this house is. Correct. She has a condo in a rural, rural area that is uh, well, well below what her uh, earned wage means was that she had completely paid off and she was going to sell this house, get out of it and use the pension um, that she has and basically live on a fixed income without any debt for the rest of uh, her time going. She was looking to get a chunk of cash out of this house to then take to relocate to that condo she has so she can basically live for free. Barely a chunk. All she wants is her pension to not have to put any money into the house to uh, sell it. And she wants to be able to walk away with like 10, 15 grand. So she had a mortgage on this property. She had a mortgage. She had refinanced it. And that's where all this debt came from. Okay. So we have the reason for selling, which is a key to a sales process. Now let's flip over to the other thing that people have trouble with, which are identifying the deal killers that could stall out the seller from making a decision. This is critical. Yeah. So one of my favorite questions, and it's really what I think keeps you from being able to get people in a position to make a decision is you don't ask who the other decision makers are. And here is the golden nugget. Greg, if I sent you a contract to buy this property at the exact price you want and the exact day you want, and you sign it, is there anybody that's going to be pissed off that you signed that and you didn't talk to them first? That is a golden question because it will pull out the problem if the problem exists. In a, and you ask it in an open-ended way like that. So they can't say, oh, uh, you know what I mean? Like that question has the seller naked. Yeah. And so, you know, who do we deal with? We deal with people that are trying to sell fast for a discount. At least that's who I'm trying to deal with. That's right? what I'm trying to deal with too. <laughs> yeah. And so um, you need to be able to solve that problem. And it doesn't always happen on the very first phone call. So I asked that lady and she goes, no, I've owned this place all by myself. It's just me. My mom's super elderly. I'm not consulting with her about anything. Like, you know, and that was it. I was like, okay, got it. I was like, 
So if I did send you that type of contract, is that something that you're in a position to say yes or no to? And either way is fine. And she's like, yeah, like if you give me what I want, I can sign tonight. I was like, okay, let's like, let's find out a bit more about this house. Okay. So now you, you, you basically trial close them, right? What's called a trial close. And you found out that if she, the key here, the X factor I'm running on the thing, if you're watching on YouTube, is if she's happy with the price and terms, which we haven't even established yet, which is you did that like a pro because a lot of people, they spill their candy and then they get, they have to go run, run and try to make up for their mistakes. So you trial closed her. She said hypothetically, yes, which is good or no. Like if she said no, like, would you be against signing it? Like there's so many ways you can ask it. Like I was yeah. this morning <laughs> on it, right? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so now we, we got the reason for selling. We got a lot of the deal blockers out of the way, as they would say, deal killers, deal blockers, objections. Now, obviously every property I bought had a certain price attached to it. So how were you able to negotiate this deal to where it made sense for her? And it also made sense for you to make a profit. Cause this is where another step where people get in trouble. Yeah. So, and doing this without pictures. So you have to just know what, I mean, it really, really helps having experience. Yeah, in this sort of thing. Like, I don't think it's possible to do without it unless uh, you're I just agree. going. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, just, yeah, you need to be able to take people's words of describing their property in the best of light possible and paint an accurate picture as to what the current condition is. So some of my favorite questions are, and it's actually the first thing that I ask. I say, hey, what's up, Greg? It's Steven, you know, calling about 123 Jones Drive. As I'm pulling up these property records, talk to me a bit about what you have going on. Have you done any updates to the property recently? Are there any major issues? What's your time frame? And then that just gets them to spill their guts right off the bat. And it gives me little things to pick at when I need to ask them something to get them to keep talking. So like you mentioned that you've done some updates, so, like talk to me a bit more about that. How old is the roof? And they say, well, I put it on a few years ago. Oh, how much is a few years ago? Like you need to know, like, is that three years ago or 17 years ago? Like, <laughs> so, you know, or 40 years ago. So yeah. it could be anything. And then you just go through that. Okay. Have you updated the kitchen or the bathrooms in the past five years? No. Okay. And then you can also look at like, how long have they owned it? If they owned it, you know, in the past 10 years, it was probably updated right when they bought it. Like yep. what type of update was that, that you can see from the last listing. And then you need to be able to comp it on the fly. Um, or, and that's, you know, a whole nother skill. Hey, what's going on? This is Greg Hellbeck here. And if you're listening to this, odds are you are a real estate investor. And a big question that I always get asked is, Greg, how do you get your deals? So I have the answer to that question. The main way that I get deals, and it's been this way for years, is through direct mail marketing. Now, direct mail marketing is certainly not easy, but if you have direct mail dialed in the right way, it is profitable month after month after month after month. So I'm actually going to give you a free guide, which is my top five direct mail mistakes. So if you want to check out my guide absolutely for free, go to directmailclass.com, put in your name and email, and you will get my guide, which is my top five fatal 
direct mail mistakes. If you just use that guide alone, it will make you a much better direct mail marketer. So if you want to learn how to optimize and become very successful finding deals through direct mail marketing for your real estate investment company, go to directmailclass.com and get my free guide. So, so you get the condition, you have the conversation with her. She's basically like on board so far. Now, when you brought the number up, like how did, because there's two schools of thought and I, I, I'm i on the school of thought where I want them to go first. I don't want to make the first offer. Some people are the opposite. And I, I kind of disagree because I just feel like it's easier because like we've got a lot of houses where they wanted a certain price and we negotiated and it was a lot easier because they started first and like we kind of knew their like their hand before, like, cause let's say someone is willing to sell their house as a little side talk here. It's like, if someone's willing to sell their house for a hundred grand and you know, you can buy it for a hundred grand. If you lowball them at 80 and they were already willing to do the deal at a hundred cause they thought it was fair. Then now they're already kind of thinking you're trying to rip them off. So like, I always like the seller to go first. Cause I want to just see where they're at. Cause sometimes we'll think they're going to have a great price cause their house is falling over and they want more than what it's worth. And then at least we know, and then we still make the offer. So how did you get into the price with this lady? Because I love using real examples because it, it like people can relate to that because this is like a real deal you did, not some you yeah. know, sales class that, you know, so, from Sandler, you know. So it all goes back to the process. So once I ask about the condition, like I package all of that up, just like how you're supposed to package up your offer, which we'll transition to in a moment. Um, I think of it as like almost as important where you're building up rapport. Like think of it as a bank that you put all your rapport in. There's certain questions that you ask that take out the capital that you've put in there because like they're deep prying, like serious questions that, you know, you need to have that ability to connect with them on. So they tell me everything about the property. And then I say, okay, Greg, well, based off the fact that you've owned the home for 14 years and you haven't updated the kitchen or the bathrooms that, you know, you've had a couple of dogs and, you know, the, uh, the home has normal wear and tear, but it's not some frat house in college park. Right. And, you know, based off all of that, Say I made you an offer where all you had to do was take what you want, leave what you don't, not deal with anything. I mean, based off the current condition, you know, the kitchen needs updating, the furnace is old, the roof could use a, you know, or no, the roof actually was two years old. I was like, but the fact that it does have a two-year-old roof and it's in a great neighborhood, what do you feel is a fair price for the property in its current condition? Dude, you are a pro and I'll tell you why. Well, you obviously know. <laughs> you can pre-frame all of the benefits before the seller can tell you a price. 50% of the time, it's going to be lower than they originally wanted because they have like their like kind of want number and then they have like their need to sell for now number. And when you can talk about how you're solving their problem and kind of loosely planting seeds at their house might need work without saying your house is a dump. Yeah. Their, their subconscious is like, okay, let me think about the number I really want to take for this house. Not my, Oh, if I can get this, it would be great kind of number. And you pre-frame how you ask for the offer, which you just shared on the, on like a minute ago. That is how you get really good results out of a seller because they, they're starting to come down to reality. Cause when they first called you, they might've been like, Oh, I want whatever for my house. But when you have that process established, they slowly on their own, come down in the price that makes it easier to negotiate 
And then if, you know, like I talk about the rapport bank being built up, if you have even more of that, if the, whatever number they tell you, it doesn't matter, they could say $3, you know, okay, do you have any flexibility with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. automatically negotiate against themselves. 100%. So, 100%. you know, does it work every time? People are like, Nothing no. works every time. That would be insane yeah. if it did. There'd be no value in it. So but you, if you don't ask, you don't know. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. So you, 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 she gives you a number, I'm guessing. She tells you what she wants for it. I'm sure yeah. you know that area. So you're like, okay, that's probably realistic. Now, how did you guys actually finalize a verbal yes? And then how did you end up getting oh. that deal to the, yeah, to the finish line? So, yeah, so I simply just said, hey, you know, I'm looking at this here and it seems reasonable. And then I transition into actually making the offer. And I say, you know, it seems reasonable, but, you know, real quick, is it okay if I go over what it would look like if you did decide to work with us? Ninja. And then she's like, yeah, I go, okay, well, great. Well, I'm finalizing the numbers here on my end as we're talking. My software is running the program to tell me, you know, what my offer is going to be based off the condition and, and what's going on around. This is what it looks like. And then I just go through like my process on the back end and what happens from, you know, signing the contract to closing. And I say, you know, at the end of this conversation, ma'am, all I'm going to ask you for is a confident yes or no, and either way is fine. Is that okay? You take the pressure off them, dude. That is amazing. And then, yeah, and then they either say yes or no, and either way is fine, right? So, <laughs> like, and and that's another thing. Going back to the mindset is, like, sellers can tell if you're thirsty for their property. So, you know, not only giving them an out, it, get, it makes you look good too, right? Like I literally, but I truly do not care if I buy somebody's house or not. Like if I can help them, great. Like that's what I'm here for. Um, but like, if they're trying to get you to uh, bid against 15 other guys, I'm just like, go with the highest and best. See you later. Like I saw, I could solve your problem right here, right now. But if I do that, you're still not ready to sign. And, and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if you ever change your mind, give me a call. Click. Like oh, that's dude. it. Totally. So we do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's, that's how it worked out. So she was like, yeah, absolutely. So what I did was I laid out how I can solve all of her problems. The biggest thing was she wanted to know for a fact that on the day that she wants that house is sold and she gets her a certain amount of money and that's it. So that's what I gave her. So you basically told her at the end of I'm just getting some water in my kitchen. So at the end of the day, what you told her was she gave you the number. You obviously negotiated that property. And then at the end of the day, when you, when you went for the yes or the no question, she was obviously, you know, receptive to that. And yeah. the offer that you gave her, was that offer exactly what she wanted? Or did you have to negotiate a little bit? No. So what I did was I price anchored. So I knew from the get go, as soon as she called me and like started telling me about the property and it had a two year old roof that I wanted to do a novation um, okay. because it was financeable as it sat. And the easiest way to make more money was to put it on the market. So I gave her the offer of a cash offer at below what her mortgage balance was so that she had no choice but to say no. And then 
I told her about our, you know, Novation program that gave her everything that she wanted, including the dollar amount. And all she had to do was sign a limited power of attorney so that I could execute all listing documents and make any repairs out of my own pocket um, to get the property sold if need be. And then we put it on the market and it sold for a lot more than what we had it at. So, so when you told her you were going to novate it, which just means basically put it on the MLS and, and replace your contract with a new buyer. What did you tell her timeline wise? Cause it sounds like this lady really wanted certainty on a specific closing date and novations, you put them on the market and then, you know, they're the end buyers going to have to get, you know, an appraisal yeah. and inspection and all it that. It's a 45 day timeline. And oh, I knew, and I knew for a fact with where the location was and the product that it was, I was like, this is going to be sold in three hours. So, <laughs> How did you get involved? So you got the paperwork, she signed it, everything. Now yeah. let's talk about post-sale now. So now she's selling you the property on a novatable contract, which is, is awesome. How did you communicate with her the, you know, potential roadblocks with innovation access, people in the house. How do you go around that to um, all that stuff happens? So, so when I give the number and they say, yes, I literally docu-sign the contract to them while I'm on the phone with them. And I go through everything and go through all of that. And like, the, I tell them like when I'm making the offer, part of, you know, how you solve the, solve their problems is telling them what you're going to do for them. And then also part of that is like how the rest of the transaction goes, right? And like, I basically say, hey, listen, all you have to do is sign this paperwork and then put on a lockbox and we'll let you know when we're coming by. And uh, that's all you have to do is, you know, grant access intermittently in between now and the closing date. And then, you know, just be out by the closing date. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. And, you know, it's... uh it's one of those things where being upfront with people, regardless of what you're doing, like, you know, I always look at it as just tell them. People tell them, especially with a wholesaler innovation, just tell them what you're doing. It is so much easier because then when, if a problem arises and you've told them in advance, this might be an issue, they're not pissed at you because they already acknowledge that that might happen. And in innovation, like, you know, stuff happens sometimes. And if they know in advance, you know, that one of those things could happen and it does, they're not pissed because you already told them and they agreed to it, which allows you to have these transactions stick versus some people with these giant sales forces, get the contract, get the contract, whatever it takes. It's like getting a contract with not a commitment is a terrible business strategy. It's awful. So, you know, I know that you handled this boat in your business and I'm wearing yep. all the hats in mine right now. And you know, looking forward to hiring a bunch of acquisitions people, but like the dispo process, like people can hate, like on the dispo end, they can hate certain acquisition reps and different, you know. Yeah, because they fuck up the front end. Yeah, because, you know, they do just exactly that. They promise whatever they need to promise just to get a contract. And at the end of the day, that's not really solving problems and it's not scalable. And those deals always fall out because like, there's just not proper expectations. So like with me, I tell people if I'm assigning a property, like if I know I'm not buying it, it's like, Hey, listen, you're going to get this. I'm going to be bringing a bunch of my investor buddies through there and I'm going to find somebody to partner with on this. And all you got to do is stay out of their way <laughs> and, you know, let them in. 
and that's it. Like, don't talk to them. Don't say anything to them. Tell them, yeah, if they say anything to you, say, talk to Steven, right? We do the same thing in our business. It's the same thing. It's too far. And, and they're like, got it. So like one of the questions that always comes up with innovation, if it's um, if it's a seller that's usually distressed, they think like, what happens if we don't find a buyer fast enough? And that's where I just say, hey, at that point, we can make a decision together, whether we part ways as friends or I can purchase the property at a lower price. Bam. Two, two options to one objection, two solutions to one objection. Yeah. And then they feel like they're in control. And then I just say, listen, do you think that I would waste my time if I didn't think that I could find a buyer and make money on this? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like I literally, I say those words when people ask that those are the exact things that I said. Dude, it's, and what that does is it reinforces certainty in you, which will reinforce certainty in them. When somebody yeah. on the other line knows that that person is certain, that's some of the most persuasive stuff that could happen on a sales call is because you can't, certainty is a subconscious kind of like magnet, right? And I tell this to people a lot. It's like, when you're really certain about how you can solve someone's problem, the other person can magnetically feel it. They know that you're not thirsty for the deal. They know you're there to genuinely help them. They know that you're transparent about the process and that allows you as the professional to do what you need to do to solve their problem. I'm getting my wisdom tooth out tomorrow. I'm going to put the certainty in the dentist's hands because I know that he's done this before. And when I got my other wisdom teeth out, it was the same thing. Hey, I'm going to keep my mouth open. That sounds weird. Uh, R-rated podcast. And I'm going to let you take this fucking tooth out. And when it's out, my mouth will be sore and I'll be fucking good in a day, right? It's like, the certainty is what sells, right? I, maybe I'll trademark that. Certainty sells. I think Steve Trang, a buddy of mine, has a show called Tur Certainty Talks. Maybe I'll get one. Certainty sells. But anyway, I digress. Well, Go ahead. Sorry. It's just the flip side to the coin of who said it, Ronald Reagan or whoever, if you're explaining you're losing, whoever said that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just so the true. flip side of the coin, right? You know, yeah. so they, I that's that deal. It worked out. It was big big fee 60k fees so you know amazing that was an hour phone call i wish that was my regular hourly rate but uh you know. <laughs> so let's 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 start to put a bow on the sales process so yeah i, I wanted to do this interview because it, I, I wanted to use an example and make this like really like real world example so when you're out there now you're you're going to start bringing people on to work on your team now when it comes to training salespeople, right, which is something you're going to be doing now, are you going to be looking to bring on people that have real estate experience? And if someone's watching this or listening to this and they want to maybe connect with you, we'll put your information in the show notes. How are you going to be able to take what you know and duplicate that into someone else who can work on your team to have success like you're having? Yeah, what well, great question, Greg, and thanks for the plug. So, um... I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> Uh, I built a training platform that basically goes over every, nuts to bolts, everything that you need to know, talking on the phone or going into a house and being successful and being able to be consistent with it, right? Because 
that's the whole reason that we have a process is so that you know what works and you know what doesn't work and (laughs) you can repeat what works and not repeat what doesn't work and (laughs) yeah so you know easier said than done um but that's it and then you know basically it's a lot of one-on-one training and then just working like repetition swinging the bat at the plate repetition you know i have tons of leads i have tons more that i'm willing to you know go get for the right people so you know it's uh it's what i'm looking for and you know acquisitions is my favorite thing uh it's also the uh thing that i believe that you should hire first with because it adds the most to the bottom line right like dude and it frees up a lot of time like i still sit in some seats in my business you know and i'm happy to do that but the front end of the business is where there's a lot of time and you have to be really nimble and you got to be really like you have to be like nimble and detailed and you got to be on top of it because that's where revenue comes in the front door and then we let you know close the door on the back like open the door on the back end and the money flows out right so it's like dispositions is more of a kind of a streamlined b2b uh sale acquisitions is more is a is a b2c sale for the most part and it's a lot more eq and dispositions is just more like okay this is our process this is how we we put it on the mls whatever it is i'm gonna put, get the contractor inside like you know what i mean like that stuff is more uh just you can just kind of follow us like a one size fits all thing acquisitions is a lot more you have to cater to people and you know, work your process and then take your process and take the seller's personality. It's a whole lot more in detail, but uh, it's critical. It's critical to have. And I'm excited to see, you know, what you're going to be able to build with your your team that you're going to be starting up. So Steven, if people, uh, number one, if they want to follow you, I'm going to give you two ways for people to get in touch with you. So if they want to follow you on the web, we'll give that out first. And then after that, if you want to share the best way for someone to actually reach out to you, probably via email or whatever you prefer, if they want to personally, you know, look into working on your team. So what, what's the best way to follow you and then the best way to directly get, you know, in contact with you? Sure. Anybody can reach out to me on Instagram, Stephen J. Alfano. And then if you're looking for a job and you want to buy houses in person and over the phone, it's a mix of both wherever you're located. Um, just go to nofeecashoffer.com backslash jobs and apply. No fee cash offer, dude. That's such a great freaking name, dude. That is, okay. dude, that's a great domain, bro. I mean, that is, do you have a quick question on us? This is some after hours podcast. I will keep this recorded too for everyone. Now with your website, that domain is extremely sexy and it, it makes a lot of sense in terms of speaking to the seller's language. Do you have your own site or are you on like a carrot platform? Like how do you do your no. uh, web stuff? I coded all of it. So okay. yeah, that's, it's all me. So it's, uh, yeah, so that's a good thing. Hopefully in the next, so SEO takes like six to 12 months oh, to, yeah. uh, to, you know, really start humming. We're already seeing traction in a lot of the like tertiary markets with our SEO ranking, um, just cause there's less competition. Uh, but you know, it'll be a gradual climb for the big major metros, but, um, no fee cash offer, man. That's, yeah. uh, smells like a, nationwide brand coming soon man <laughs> hey you know me out there doing deals that's so. right man well listen thank you for coming on the show this is always fun to do these let's do another one soon and um, i hope you have a great day 
And uh, all the listeners, reach out to Stephen if you want to work with him. If you want to just follow him, you know how to follow him. Stephen J. Alfano, A-L-F-A-N-O on Instagram. And uh, we'll catch you soon, Stephen. Hey, thanks again for having me, Greg. And uh, if anybody has deals, send them to Greg. Send them to me. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Are you a real estate investor who wants to get to the next level? Well, my name is Greg Helbeck. And over the last five years, I have bought and sold well over 125 houses. And I have learned a ton of stuff and I've made a lot of mistakes and hopefully as they say a wise man learns from someone else's mistakes so if you are a real estate investor and you want to learn how to get to the next level you might be a good fit for my coaching program so if you're interested in finding out if my coaching program could be a fit for you head over to bookacallwithgreg.com on that website you're gonna be able to simply book a call with me absolutely free for 15 minutes and I'm basically gonna see how I can best help you, right? I'm not gonna high pressure sell you. It's gonna be none of that whatsoever. It's gonna be a very helpful call. We're gonna have a 15 minute conversation. I'm gonna ask you some questions about where you're at and where you wanna get to. And if you think it's a fit to potentially work with me as a coaching client, I'd love to offer the opportunity to work with you. And if it's not a fit for some reason, no big deal. That 15 minute call is gonna be super, super helpful. I'm gonna give you some good pointers so I can help you, you know, get your business to the next level. There's two types of people I work with. The first person is the person who's brand new. They might not have ever done a deal before, and they really want to learn step-by-step how they can get their first deal, right? That's the first person. The second person I work with is someone who might have done some deals. Maybe they have, you know, a deal every other month coming in, or they just have inconsistent income, and they really want to learn sales and marketing strategies so they can consistently get two, three, four, five deals a month in a formulaic way. So those are the two people I work with. If that sounds like you, I'd love to hop on the phone with you for 15 minutes, see if you're a good fit for our coaching program. Go to bookacallwithgreg.com and sign up for a free consultation today. Thank you for listening to an episode of the Real Estate Investing Fast Track. I hope you got a lot of value from this specific episode. And there are a few takeaways that you're able to gather from this to implement in your business so you can be a more successful real estate investor. So if you did get value from the show, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes, it would really mean a lot to me. That's how we keep growing the show and getting great guests is because people see the reviews. They see that we have a high quality show and they want to contribute as a guest. So that would be great. Also, if you got value, if you could share the show on social media, that would be great because that is how people see this besides the reviews. So once again, if you did get value, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes and share the show on social media, it would really mean a lot to me and I'll see you on the next episode.